What's up, guys? I'm Feño. This is the Early Prelim Podcast. Hopefully, we have new listeners this week. I've had uh, quite a few new followers on Twitter. Hopefully, some of you give this podcast a shot. This is a podcast where I talk about MMA, and I usually just do, like, recaps, previews, and react to some matchups announced. I really focus on the actual fighting. I do not get that match really into all the drama narratives like pro wrestling kind of shit. I still give my comments on some stuff. I give my opinions on matchmaking and that kind of stuff. But really, if you want a podcast to to hear the opinions of some guy about like Ian Gary's wife, this is not the podcast I really focus on the fighting. And we have fights last week. We have UFC 298. It had a huge main event and it delivered, even though it was a short fight. We have Volkanovski versus Topuria. So, very interesting fight, as you know, guys. Volkanovski coming off that head kick knockout by, at the hands of Islam Mahashev after taking that fight on, like, two weeks' notice or something like that. Topuria looking fantastic, one of the best prospects in the sport. Uh, undefeated, he comes into this fight. And the fight looks, the fight was great uh, in the technical sense. It was a very interesting duel between uh, Volkanovski on the back foot, looking to counter with body kicks, uh, using his tricks, his chance of uh, his switches, chance of stances, uh, getting going with the jab, with the inside leg kick. You know the classical Volkanovski. Topuri, on the other hand, was looking to pressure. He was heavy on the front foot, uh, but he was landing some nice calf kicks that were were exploiting like the um, the moments where Bokanovsky is like very heavy on his lead foot despite Bokanovsky having a preference to to putting his weight back for those like for his counter left hook and his uh counter lead lead leg kicks um I did some threads on Twitter about the left hook of Volkanovski and the right hook of Ilya Topuria and wouldn't you know Topuria finishes the fight with the right hook. Um, some other interesting stuff that we saw here is that Volkanovski was really like controlling the jab action but Topuria was getting work at long range with the with the outside leg kicks. Topuria then started getting more aggressive and was shifting that was interesting, something that we haven't seen much of of Topuria lately. Um, gave me some like Cody Garbrandt vibes of this like very tight hook mechanics behind some solid shifting, like good mechanic shifting. Uh, some people are very against shifting because it puts you like you're crossing your feet, you're vulnerable, but it allows you to cover this great distance that present themselves in MMA. So it was a very cool matchup. I'll be uploading a video to our Patreon uh, to the, of the fight site about uh, my thoughts on some cool tactics that went on on the main event. But it was a great fight. The end of the fight came as Topuria started getting more aggressive. I think he found like uh, moments before the finish, he found uh, a cross counter over the top of Volkanovski's jab. Uh, the last sequence he did not uh, shift. It was Volkanovski who was trying to who was trying to collar tie from his left side. That is Topuria's right. Topuria right. Topuria just sneaked the right hook and just knocked out Volkanovski. And it was something 
I wrote a, a lot about the right hook and its uses in MMA, uh, how its trajectory can be really tricky because it's not a punch that you've seen and not a lot of fighters have like this tight, devastating right hook. Cody uh, Garbrandt, again, some, someone that it's very dangerous with the right hook on the inside. But yeah, I mean, great for Topuria. It's sad for Volkanovski. But he looked good here. He just... Uh, it was a bad matchup. Like, we can we can now say that now that we've seen the fight. But it was looking to be a great fight. But Topuria just, just has that, that knockout power, that tight mechanics... The ability to get on the inside. Topuria just like meat and potatoes, but really well executed. And knowing that he has that that good wrestling, that that grappling background, he's he's a handful for everyone. I think the the most interesting fight for Topuria is Max Holloway. But Max Holloway will be fighting at UFC 300 against Justin Gagey up at lightweight. So I'm not sure Holloway will be in one piece after that fight, so I think we might get to see Topuria defend the title against someone else, and really I would like to see if Loyev get in there, like he's also undefeated, he won his last fight even though it was kind of a controversial decision against Arnold Allen, but who else are you going to give it to? Uh, knowing the UFC, they're probably having the rise in a fight going on this Saturday between Jair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega, but I think Ibloyev is like the rightful and, and also like undefeated versus undefeated is very cool. Also Ibloyev not very big for the division. Uh, Topuria is like a big dude, but he's not like super lengthy, so it makes for a very interesting fight, I, I think. Uh, I would favor Topuria, but it's a fight that I, I would like to see very much. Uh, co-main event was Robert Whittaker against Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa coming off a long layoff and he looked pretty good here. Um, not like super heavy on the pressure, but he got going with the jab especially. It was a good look. A very nice mechanical jab, but, but the application of Costa was not as layered as Whittaker. Whittaker, you know, plays a lot, a lot with rhythm, a lot with the speed of his jab. He's very tricky with it. Um... Costa was trying to like get exchanges with the jab into the into the left hook. Whitaker was having none of that. He was always ducking and coming on with counters with that super wide overhand right on the counter that he likes to throw. Uh, at the end of the first round, Costa uh, catches Whitaker with a wheel kick. Insane. It hurt Whitaker pretty bad, but Whitaker recovered pretty quick, pretty quickly. So I mean, it was a solid fight. I thought. Both guys look solid here. Uh, hopefully Costa can get uh, can be active again because he looks solid here against a good fighter, and I'm excited to see him against some of the other guys in the division. For Whitaker, what's next? Um, a lot of people are calling for Sean Strickland. I think a main event between Whitaker and Strickland is a very interesting fight, so uh, I'm all for that. What's next for Costa? I don't know, man. Uh, Maybe like Imavov. Uh, Imavov, uh, there's also like maybe a rematch with Vettori now that Costa can apparently make weight. Or the Hamzat fight. I would all about the Hamzat fight, to be honest, against Chimaev. Before that, we have Ian Machado Gary against Jeff Neal. Not a very exciting fight. Um, 
neither guy really got going, found like a lot of success with anything in particular. I think Gary uh, outscored Neil. The, the first two rounds were very close. Uh, maybe this is a bit controversial. I thought uh, Neil won the first or the second. I'm not sure. I, I would have to rewatch the fight, to be honest. But yeah, I thought Neil was doing stuff, like, especially, like, he was getting criticized a lot by the commentary booth because he was crashing into the clinch, but he was fighting some shots into the clinch, especially in the first two rounds. Uh, he was he was landing the jab, uh, he was catching Gary, retreating with the left, the, with the long left hand. Uh, the right hook from Neil, it's like, very inconsistent, and it was not very present here at all. Um, I thought Neil was doing fine at open space, but then he decided to pressure and that play kind of on Gary's hands. Uh, Gary, on his side, the kicks were looking very good. Not a lot of like nuanced um, setups or anything, but he has good timing and he throws quick and very hard. So uh, he was very committed with the outside movement and circling. Not the greatest footwork. I mean, he had the right ideas, but I think the execution was a bit messy. He was a bit easy to put. Uh, it was a bit easy to put his back against the cage, considering that Neil was not doing a great job of cutting the cage for most of the fight. Uh, like the best thing that Gary did on the fight was like the counter knees on the inside. Though those were some of the biggest strikes of the fight. They won him the third round for sure. And maybe if he won the second, it was like thanks to those knees. I would have to rewatch the fight, but it was it was solid. I don't think it was like a great performance by by either guy. But sometimes matchups are like that, as you just the fight does, just doesn't get going. But yeah, I mean, good win for Gary. Gary is calling for Kobe Covington. And that would be a very interesting um, test for his grappling. And I think Gary is... Like, I would trust Gary to win very widely on the feet against Kobe. So Kobe would really need to get the takedowns. And that would tell us if Gary can defend takedowns, how well-rounded he is. So I would be okay with that. What's next for Neil? I'm not sure, to be honest, like, uh, we'll see some fights at Welterweight and the future, and maybe we can get something from there, but he will have to fight down right now, I think, on the rankings, give, give an opportunity to someone coming up, and he wins that one, he can get going. The problem with Neil is that he has fought so many people up there. Uh, maybe Brady will be available, he's injured, he dropped out of a fight, so maybe you can do, like, Neil versus Brady, like, in the future. Not sure. We have Mirab Davilashvili against Henry Cejudo. It was a pretty okay fight. Um, Cejudo was looking solid early. He heard Mirab with a left hook. Uh, was landing good, good strikes during breaks. But Cejudo is all and it showed in this fight. Like the gas tank did not hold up, and and I would never like put doubt on the pace and the cardio of Mirab. But I don't think that first round was like like enough to make uh, Cejudo with the gas tank that we've seen in the past tired. Uh, I think Cejudo is for sure out of his prime. Uh, two different combat sport careers, the wrestling, MMA. And I thought that the gas tank of Cejudo did not look all that great 
against Sterling in a fight that was like high paced but not crazy. And here it looked even worse. And Mirab took like full advantage. You get a little bit tired against Mirab and you're, it's over. It's over. He's he's maybe not going to finish like a super tough guy like Sehudo, but he's going to take over hard. And the wrestling for, for Mirab was looking on point here. I will, I will be uploading some clips of this fight and the wrestling exchanges because there were some cool stuff Sehudo showed showed his freestyle shops and Merab with some good adjustments like some MMA tricks off his sleeve. It was it was good. Um what's next for Merab? A title shot. Like he he needs to fight the winner of of O'Malley versus Cheeto. And for Sohudo he said he was going to retire if he lost this fight and if he, if he wants to keep fighting, I would be okay. Like, he looked like past his prime, but still a very good fighter. I would be okay with, like, Sehudo versus, like, Peter Jan, or... I guess he's not fighting Figueredo because they are, like, teammates. But, yeah, I mean, Sehudo versus Jan would be great. The opener of the main card was uh, Fluffy Anthony Hernandez against Roman Kopilov. And Fluffy just doing Fluffy things. I just uploaded a clip of this to Patreon, uh, talking about the tactics on the feet. But yeah, this was really like Kopilov looking sleek, powerful on the feet. Uh, Fluffy not getting anywhere near close to the takedowns at first. But you know how that's how he operates. And he was like Kopilov. I heard some comparisons to like get some Barbosa with the footwork because yeah, the footwork was very wide and that takes a lot of energy. He could use some pivots for sure to minimize all the big movements that he does. Kobilov was exiting to his to his left a lot. That's uh, Hernandez's right. So Fluffy was adjusting and throwing those uh, these like shifting right hands into now like the lead right hook to catch Kobilov, and it was the pace at the end. It was the pace. Uh, Fluffy was doing good stuff with just putting the volume out there. Uh, dirty boxing from collar ties when he was finding open space against the cage he landed nice elbows at the end of the first round and then he got to take that and it was over for Kopilov the, uh, Hernandez has such a nice flow shirt uh, he mixes very well the rights uh, ankle rights wrist rights he makes he mixes that very well with like tradition traditional jiu-jitsu taking the back and he found the rear naked choke great performance by her by Fluffy. I want to see Fluffy on a main event and go for that. Get that man a main event. Against who? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he needs to fight up. Uh, get the division going. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm a big Fluffy fan. I uh, wrote an article about him last year and he keeps on delivering. Uh, Kovilov remains a good action fighter at 185 and not a lot of fighters can walk like through the fire like Fluffy did in here to get to those takedowns. So yeah, I mean, it was a cool fight. Uh, the feature of bout of the prelims was Amanda Lemos versus Mackenzie Dern. Lemos was looking like she had a lot of the right ideas. I like a lot how she was mixing the, the outside leg kick with the switch kick to the... More like a pendulum kick to the body. And then catching Dern with counters when she was trying to close the distance. One problem for Lemos is that... She had the idea of not getting trapped against the cage, but Darren was not having a lot of trouble pushing her, pushing her against her. 
Lemos also punishing Mackenzie Dern for her like very front heavy stance with nasty calf kicks. On the second round, um, Dern gets a little bit more. Well, let's go back to the first. Dern lands this beautiful um, reactive double leg takedown against the cage under the right hand of Lemos. The perfect time to to get that kind of takedown uh, when your your opponent had their hips square like that so that was great but Lemos did a very good job of stalling from bottom position she was not able to get back to his to her feet but she did good stuff getting safe I thought it was a very clear round for Lemos because of of a few hands and especially the calf kicks that were doing a lot of damage and then did not land much ground and pound then we get to the second round Lemos was like still working with the kicks with the hands but then was getting more aggressive then she was pushing uh, forwards and she get cracked. Uh, Lemos is like last uh, right hand with her feet like completely square. Just uh, just put the hips on it. Uh, Darren was walking forwards, gets dropped hard. Lemos gets very sloppy uh, going for the finish, but she finds a huge left hook that smashes the nose of Darren. Darren throw. Uh, Darren fell to the ground. In a lot of pain, not defending herself. I thought uh, Beltran fucked up this fight for sure. She should, uh, he should have stopped this fight, a hundred percent. Dern was like in a lot of pain. She got to recover. Dern is insanely tough, and we've seen this like many times. But but man, should have been stopped. Uh, Dern got back into the fight just because Lemos followed her to the ground to finish and then was able to like find half guard and stuff from there and then she reversed uh, from guard with uh, with an armbar attempt got swept immediately Lemos and then the second the third round uh, Darren also won maybe not a lot of ground pound but but yeah I mean it was the right decision I thought Lemos like kind of panicked after getting taken down in the first round uh, she heard there and thought like I need to finish this girl right now. I don't want to be on the bottom again, and she was on the bottom again, like on, on all the on all rounds. But it was a good win by Lemos. Um, Lemos doesn't train out of a very big camp, so maybe she could move to like ATT or something, some some camp with more bodies on the United States. Really, like Brazil is producing a lot of girls uh, that are very good fighters, but. But if you see, like, most of them are training in the USA just because they have the infrastructure, the coaches, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, good for Lemos. Uh, Dern, she falls to 13-5. and five. Uh, I think this loss was not very bad, especially because she took this, like, on a month's notice. Lemos was supposed to fight Tatiana Suarez, who is injured again. So, it, it is what it is. Marcos Rogerio de Lima fought Junior Taffa. He was supposed to fight Justin Taffa and the very last date, uh, Justin got uh, sick. He was replaced by his brother that was supposed to be his cornerman Junior here. Uh, I have vague memories of Junior being a southpaw, but no, he fought Orthodox here. And de Lima worked him with the leg kicks. Uh, it was the story of the fight. I thought de Lima looked very solid here, putting his combinations together, finishing with the left hook. Um, maybe the first takedown attempt was kind of kind of dumb because he had him like super hurt to the legs. Uh, but we've seen the Lima look for those kind of takedowns in the past against like Waldo Cortez Acosta in a fight that he also win, but he should have won easier. 
But I mean, the Lima looked great here. It was a very good adjustment because it was like one day off. Uh, junior, I don't really hold this against him because it was like one day notice. How hard he was sparring with his brother in route to this fight, I'm not sure, but it was clear that he did not have the timing to to defend against uh, the leg kicks. Rinja Nakamura fought Carlos Vera from Ecuador. Uh, Carlos Vera, who is like a Taekwondo black belt, uh, has some cool kicks. But no, the, the game plan for Vera was all leg locks. Uh, he was training with Ryan Hall for this fight and it showed big time. Rinja did not have a lot of trouble with leg locks, but he had trouble getting the strikes going. And also it was like a course fight in general because Vera, I think, hurt his shoulder and Rinja broke a hand, so neither guy could be as aggressive as they wanted. Um, yeah, good win for Nakamura. For it, it serves the purpose of development. So I hope they move like Rinja Nakamura up the division like somewhat quickly because he looks like like guys at this level are not going to give him trouble. He's too good of an athlete, too good of a wrestler. The grappling is developing great for MMA. He has like so many cool transitions. Uh, if he gets the ground pound going, he's going to be very dangerous because the striking is not bad. Like he's he's powerful. He has some very good ideas from Salpo how to land his left hand and he kicks very hard from the left side too. And I, I'm sure he's developing there. Like he seems to be a natural at striking. How good is going? Is he going to be? I'm not sure, but, but I think the ceiling is very high for Nakamura. Mingyang Zhang fought Brentson Hibero, and we all knew this is going to be a car crash, and it was. Uh, Ribeiro giving the fits to Zhang with all the one twos, very long one two, a good one two actually, but he was spamming that same thing over and over. And Jang just made like very little adjustment. He just like started combinations with the dipping jab to get his head out of the way of the of the two. And then he was answering like one, two, three. And the left hook was starting to catch Hibero. And it was the like the finishing touch here. He catch um he landed with both the two and the two and the three put Hibero out for good. Uh Jang is a very good addition to like anyway. I'm not sure how good he is. But he's a lot of fun to watch, so I'm a fan already. Danny Barlow fought Josh Quinlan. Uh, Barlow here promising. Uh, I thought he, I saw his contender series fight. He looked like a cool Salpo, and I still think that um, all about the left hand. <laughs> his nickname is like left hand to God or something. But he also showed like some cool like body kicks on the counter and the flying knee was uh, he spammed it a, a little bit too much but look at very solid uh very good athlete long uh, fast uh the ceiling i mean he's only eight and oh and has been fighting for like three years i think so i'm expecting barrow to be like getting better like very quick uh so hopefully he gets matched up well in this welterweight division that is not very very deep at this moment, to be honest. Talking about welterweights, we have Oban Elliott against Bal Woodburn. Bal Woodburn, who some of you might remember as the guy that got like killed by Bo Nickel in a pay-per-view not long ago. Uh, this fight was a mess. Neither guy looked very good. Oban Elliott was for sure the better fighter, but he did not impress winning this. 
uh, Bobby Woodburn was like super tired from like minute four of the first round and Elliot did not get like super going he he was getting the takedowns but he was at the first at the end of the first round he landed some good ground pound from the back take and then just never again didn't even finish strong so can't say I'm a fan of Elliot after that the opener was Miranda Maverick against Andrea Lee Andrea just never got going here. I, I don't think she was mentally there. I think she's capable of more than this. Maverick, to his to her credit, looks solid. I like the, the shifting entries into takedowns. The activity on the feet was looking good. I've, she's always been like a solid top control grappler, so good for her. Let's talk about some fine announcements. And we'll be closing with the two events that we have this week. First of all, we have a main event for UFC 300. Uh, the main event will be Poatan Alex Pereira against Jamal Hill. So, not like a huge main event, but it's alright. I, I get people love Alex Pereira and Jamal Hill is a very interesting test because he's like long, he's hard, but most importantly, he's tough condition and he can take it to the ground. He's not like an actual wrestler. But he's like a decent MMA wrestler, and from top position, he's nasty. Like, you you saw what he did to Thiago Santos, so... But yeah, I mean, uh, Alex, not a good wrestler, obviously. Uh, he, he abuses the fact that he has, like, the heaviest hips in the world against the fence a lot, but he's not very good at fighting grips. Uh, never takes underhooks for some reason. Uh, so maybe some avenues for heel there. Uh, but Pereira's jiu-jitsu is like decent, uh, you can tell Glover has been teaching him how to stall and stay safe from bottom position and then just like wall walk if there's any opportunity for that, so that, that part I've been surprised. I was expecting Pereira to be like a very defensive wrestler and very bad on the ground, but he's actually like okay in the ground and not a good wrestler at all, at all. so that's an interesting development. But yeah, that's the main event. Uh, it's okay, I guess. Vicente Luque was supposed to fight Sean Brady. Sean Brady's out. Uh, Luque is now fighting uh, Joaquin Buckley, who is like way better matchup in a sense. Uh, this is a, maybe a winnable fight for Luque, who I think is like way past it at this point. But at the same time, uh, if, if Luque were to lose against Brady, he was probably getting like tapped out. And Buckley can hit like super fucking hard. So for those of you that are worried about the the brain health of Vicente Luque, maybe this one is more scary. But this one is more winnable for sure. I thought Brady was going to just wrestle Luque. Luque is like not there anymore. And it, that's very sad for me to say because I was, I still am a very big Vicente Luque fan. Like who doesn't like Luque? He's a lot of fun to watch. Erin Blanchfield will main event in UFC Atlantic City against Manon Fiorot. Great fight. I mean, not sure if it's going to be exciting, but this is like the number one contender fight to make in the division. And the winner of this one will be a lot of trouble for Alexa Grasso, I think. So interesting, very interesting. Uh, I like this fight. I'd rather have this than a random middleweight, like heavyweight, heavyweight fight being the main event. So yeah, this is great. Uh, I'm, I'm in favor of this matchmaking. What I'm expecting of this fight, 
um, it's really like grappler versus striker. Like Blanchfield is, is a dog. She will strike. She has power. But I think she will struggle with like the distance management, the the karate bullshit from Fiobo. Um But then again, Fiobo is so big and strong. So I like to see. I'm usually of the line of thinking that Blanchfield is like the best fighter in the division, but Fiobo might be like the worst matchup, like worse than Alexa, worse than than Valentina maybe. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Interesting. It's interesting. I'm very interested about that. Uh, Edmund Shabazian was supposed to fight Dusko Todorovic. I was very in favor of that matchmaking. Uh, but Todorovic is out. And now Shabazian is fighting AJ Dobson. And I think this one is a fight that Shabazian like, wins. Like, I don't think much of AJ Dobson. I don't remember much of AJ Dobson. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm feeling like Shabazzian wins this one. Umar Nurmagomedov, the most ducked guy in the world, is fighting Bexat Almakhan. And I do not know this guy, haven't watched tape on him yet. If any of you guys know if he's like actually very good, hopefully, because Umar is like too good to be fighting below his level at this stage. Um... But yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, Bexat is very good and we have a good fight. But I want to see Umar fight like actual competition. I don't think he's like uh, the best fighter in the division or anything. I just want to see him like find out what's the actual level of Umar. I thought he in his fight against uh, Haoni Barcelos, he was looking very human. And then he fought, but he found the finish, so... He's dynamic and he's very well-rounded, so I'm, I'm excited to see Umar against like better fighters to see what his ceiling is. But at the moment, I'm not sure. I have to watch some tape on this Bexat guy. Austin Hobart is fighting Mitchell Figlak and this should be a lot of fun. But I like both guys, so I, I didn't really want to see either of these lose, especially because both are coming off losses, so there's a chance they could the loser here. And that would suck, but this one should be a lot of fun because, you know, Hover uh, has like a very well-rounded game with uh, at a distance, he has like stepping knees, he has a very good clinch game, and Fig like is a very fun boxer to watch. He goes to the body a lot, has a very nice left hook to the body. So this is a very cool fight, an action fight for sure. Uh, Terence McKinney is fighting my boy, Esteban Ribovic. Uh, excited about this one. I just hope <laughs> Ribovic win. I'm not a big fan of Terence McKinney. I, I just don't find his, his style of fighting very appealing, to be honest. Nothing against the guy. And Ribovic is a lot of fun. I love how he boxes in combination. I like his quirky Kimura that he finds from a lot of positions to get back to his feet, to sweep guys. Uh, he has a very cool uh, style. I've been a fan since the first time that I watched tape because uh, Ribovic deb debuted on a pay-per-view, so I think. So I had to watch tape on him. And I've been a big fan of Stevan ever since. So I hope he wins this one. And now let's talk about uh, the, the events that we have this week. We have PFL versus Bellator. Champions versus champions. Uh, the main event is Henan Fejera, who 
I did not see his fights on PFL. He's fighting Ryan Bader, who is the Bellator heavyweight champion. And, and yeah, I mean, cannot give you thoughts. I think Ferreira's takedown defense is not great. So maybe, maybe Bader just takes him down, but also Bader is old. And it's always kind of wonky. Like, Bader sometimes looks very good, and then he just gets finished by anyone. So Ferreira seems to be a big hitter, so who knows. The comedy event is interesting. Uh, Impaka Sanganai, who won um, the 205 tournament on PFL, he's dropping to 185 to fight American top team's Johnny Evelyn, and this one is this fight is great. I'm all for this one. I'm very excited because Evelyn is a very heavy wrestler, undefeated, very exciting. Impaka Sanganai, some of you might remember because he got KO'd with like the craziest knockout of all time by Joaquin Buckley, but he has rebounded very well after that, and he's been looking very solid. So, and he defended a lot of takedowns in his last fight, so it will be interesting to see how he matches against Evelyn here. Patricio Pitbull is fighting Gabriel Alves Braga. Haven't seen a lot of Braga, but... And Pitbull is looking kind of old as of late, but I I still think he's very good. Ray Cooper the third is filling up because um, what's the name of the guy that won the tournament that Cooper knocked out last year? Um, I guess any guy. Uh, he dropped out, so Cooper is filling in for Jason uh, against Jason Jackson. Jason Jackson looked great winning the title for Bellator. Um, Against Nurmagomedov, I I think it was. Yeah, against oh no 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 it was against uh, Amosov, right? He looks so good against Jaroslav Amosov, yeah. And yeah, he was supposed to fight Magomed Kerimov, who was the guy that I was talking about, and and now he's fighting Ray Cooper, who Ray Cooper doesn't look mentally there, so. But he still packs a lot of power. I just hope Ray Cooper makes weight this time because he has been missing weight quite a lot lately. Um, but yeah, rooting for Jason Jackson, who apparently was like boring before, but he looked great <laughs> in that fight against Amazon. So I'm all for Jason Jackson now. Bruno Capelosa is fighting Vadim Nemkov. I think Nemkov is going to wash him, <laughs> to be honest. Tiago Santos is fighting Joel Romero. It's like old guys hour. I just hope this fight is like super silly. Uh, I just hope Tiago Santos spins a lot, looks for silly knees. Romero goes for huge takedowns that get him gassed. I just want that. That's all I want in this fight. Clay Collard versus AJ McKay Jr. That's a great fight. Um, not sure Collard is going to be able to keep it on the feet, but it's very interesting. That's cool. Aaron Pico is fighting Henry Corrales. Not familiar with Corrales. Biagio uh, Ali Walsh is making his pro debut against Emmanuel Palacio, whatever. We have Clarissa Shields fighting some girl named Kelsey DeSantis. And yeah, that's that's the card. The other, the other fights, I don't know anyone there. Yeah, a few cool fights. Uh, this was supposed to be a lot better. I'm excited about Impact Asanganai versus Evelyn, Patricio Pitbull versus Braga, just because I'm always interested about Pitbull. Uh, excited to see Jason Jackson back in action, and Nemkov is maybe the best light heavyweight in the world, so... Cool. Oh, this fight is heavyweight, by the way. Nemkov... Nemkov is going up to heavyweight to fight this guy. Interesting. 
and the UFC has an event in Mexico. Uh, UFC Fight Night Moreno versus Roy Ball 2. As you guys know, uh, Roy Ball got injured in a scramble in their first fight, but Moreno was like controlling the fight. So, cool fight. I'm just like tired of all the rematches going on at Flyweight. Just too much, you know? And, and if the winner of this one fights for the title, that's another like rematch. Like, come on, dude. There's gotta be someone else. Why didn't they put Mokayev in here or something? It's a good fight, but I'm, I do not want to watch Moreno fight uh, Pantoja again. I don't think it is deserved at all. And I don't want to see Royval against uh, Pantoja again, because Pantoja beat, already beat Moreno three times, beat Royval twice. So I don't want to see those fights again. It's unfair to Pantoja, I think. The co-main event is also five rounds, and it is Jair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. The winner of this one maybe skips the line for a fight against Topuria. It is a cool fight. Uh, the first fight also finished with an injury during a scramble, even though this one was less freaky. Ortega just tried to jank his way out of a triangle and injured his shoulder. All credits to Jair for having a, a tight triangle in... And yeah, I mean, it was a valid win for Jair, but the the rematch should be exciting. These fights are obviously in Mexico City, so if any fighter, if anyone is going to gas, you know why. Uh, we have Daniel Hoover against Francisco Prado. Prado looked very improved in his last fight, very aggressive. And, and he will fight Hoover, who is like Polish, long on the feet. So it's a cool clash of striking styles. It's a good fight. Raul Rosas Jr. El Niño Problema is back. Uh, they're like, he's like, what, he's 19 now? He's fighting Ricky Turcios. And this is interesting because Rosas got tired in his loss in the UFC. And Turcios is not very dangerous, but he has cardio for days. And this is Mexico City, so, so that's interesting. But the, the chance that Raul Rosas just washes you on the first round is always there because the kid is very athletic and he has grappling shots, shops and wrestling shops too. So, so yeah, I mean, if Turcios manages to survive, this could get interesting. Jasmine Jauregui is fighting Sam Hughes. Uh, actually, low-key, good fight. Good fight. Jauregui is exciting. She, she puts on a high pace, strikes a lot. And Sam Hughes gets going. Do not get fooled by the record. Sam Hughes has turned into a pretty good fighter as of late. Manuel Torres is fighting Chris Duncan. Which one is... Oh, Manuel Torres is loco. <laughs> this guy fights kind of very weird, but he's very dangerous. Like Manuel Torres is one of those guys that just has like very good eyes to hurt you. And Duncan looked very solid in his last fight against uh, that uh, Israeli guy, Ashmus. Yeah, Duncan looked very good in that fight, so this one is good, actually. Christian Quinones is fighting Howney Barcelos. I just hope Howney wins this here. Quinones hasn't been looking very hot, but he's still, like, kind of dynamic, and Howney sometimes just doesn't see shots coming and dies. But yeah, Honey should win this one. Has like big advantages everywhere. So if he loses, it's just because he's old. <laughs> Not to take credit away from Quinones, but you know. Uh, Jesus Aguilar is fighting Mateus Mendoza. And uh, that one is exciting. Flyweight is delivering. 
And talking about flyweight, we had Edgar Chaires against Daniel Lacerda rematch because the, their last fight got uh, early stoppage on a, I think it was a ninja choke against the cage, and the ref just separated them. So Lacerda, Lacerda um, got saved from his fifth consecutive win on that one. So we'll see what what happens here. Claudio Puelles is firing Fares Siam. I think Siam wins this one. Puelles, I don't think he's mentally there anymore. He just wants to leg lock people and he used to have more confidence in his striking. And he will have to strike with Siam, I think. Well, Siam a solid wrestler and a good striker, so... So yeah, I mean, if he, if he like, falls apart like he did, he did against Hooker, yeah, Puelles will be in trouble. But maybe Siam cannot defend, like, the, the leg attacks, who knows. Luis Rodriguez is fighting Dennis Bondar, and I don't remember Bondar. I'm sure I've seen him fight, but I do not remember. Uh, Victor Altamirano is fighting Felipe Dos Santos. That's a great flyweight fight. I mean, it's going to be action-packed. And the opener is Mohamed Naimov against Eric Silva, a Venezuelan. It's all right. It's all right. This card is... Despite this card not having, like, anything over 155, it's still not that good. <laughs> And it's missing, like, a main and co-main are, are fine, are not especially interesting because, for once, they're rematches. Uh, the cool thing is that there are five rounds and this is Mexico, so and these are, like, very, very tough guys with cardio, so maybe it gets interesting like that. And the other card is fine, it doesn't have, like, any one fight that it makes me go crazy, and I, and I go crazy for a lot of, like, lower-level fights often, so it's not me being, like, too picky, you know. But yeah, I think that's it, guys. Uh, that's the podcast. We we saw everything that we had to see. Before letting you guys go, I want you guys to remember that the Early Print Podcast is brought to you by X Marshall, a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products including rash guard, shorts, spats, keys, streetwear and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight site, all caps, no spaces. And for the best deals and discount, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at every social media platform at xmarshallofficial. Thank you, xmarshall. And if you guys want to support the fight site as an ongoing project, you can subscribe to, uh, to us on Patreon, patreon.com. You can just give us money to keep operations going. We have a lot of free content and exclusive paid content coming out regularly and you can also uh, join our discord server that is very cool with a lot of cool people to talk about fighting and other stuff so yeah thank you so much guys for listening i'm feño this is the european podcast catch you next time